Hey guys, welcome to the Lane Foundations podcast. This is your co-host, Davis Hambrick. Joining alongside me today is Mr. Walker Lott. What's up, Walker? Mr. Davis Hambrick, how are we today? <laughs> I'm doing good. I, mean, I wanted to switch <laughs> it up on it, but man, you did it to me. That's right. Throw it back at you. That's you right. have to ask, you have to re-ask the question in interviews, right? You don't want to be the first one to answer. That's right. That's right. <laughs> man, today we had a really cool guest. Her name was Jennifer Lacey. She is the Building Forward Lean Practice Manager at Robbins and Morton. Try to say that five times fast. No, but she was she was awesome. Uh, she has an incredible story. And for those of you out there who never thought of a career in construction, she's the perfect person to listen to because she never thought about a career in construction either. And all of a sudden, when she got into construction, you'll hear about it later, jumped into helping start the Dallas office for Robbins and Morton. Just out of the blue, never been to construction a day in her life. And then all of a sudden jumped right in. It, it's really cool, but she has a ton of great things. Uh, just a ton of information. You can tell she really knows what she's talking about. I mean, she's really smart. She does it all and she's not afraid to jump in there. He'll hear about that later too. Just ask questions. Don't be afraid to jump in there. Davis, what you think? Man, I thought it was awesome. She talked a, a lot about just, man, it's about people. It's yeah. a foundation of respect so for, for people. You know, if, if, like we mentioned, if you trust people, if you are willing to invest in relationships and naturally construction is going to be, it's not, not going to be easy, but it's going to be a lot easier because you're willing to build the people around you. And if I can't, if I can just say one thing, what I absolutely loved about her was just, she talked about just being her, you know, mm -hmm. that's in an, in and itself, like you mentioned, just be vulnerable and be you. And because most people have these struggles that we go through and we think it's only us, like you mentioned on the show. We'll, we'll hold all of that. We're not going to mention all of it. But, man, if you can just be you, be vulnerable, be you, and be who you are. God made you and designed you in, in his own way, Amen. and he made you perfectly the way that he made you. So just be who you are, and I love that. If you're who you are, if you're wanting to, to trust people, if you're wanting to build relationships – this industry will literally will be open to you with open arms and just wanting to know, hey, what can you learn? It'll, it'll open up opportunities, open up doors, and you'll make relationships and look back at it, you know, 20, 30 years later and be like, wow, I mean, that, that was a great career I had. Uh, I love it. You hit the nail on the head. You can tell she's just genuine. She got a big personality. She's always yeah. smiling. She's fun to talk to. She's right. like awesome. It is a great conversation. I'm really excited for all you guys to hear. So tune in uh, without further ado, Jennifer Lacey. Welcome to the show, Miss Jennifer. We are excited for you to be here. Uh, can't wait to hear a little bit more about you. But to just start off a little bit, tell us who you are, where you're from, and what do you do? I am Jennifer Lacey. I um, am based in Dallas, Texas. I work for Robbins & Morton. Um, we are a general contractor, primarily healthcare. We're nationwide. And my role is building forward practice leader. Sorry. My role is building forward lean practice leader. And um, what that really entails is a lot of things. But the, I guess that the core of it is for Robbins and Morton building forward is kind of how we do business, how we build. And it's really taken a culture of caring and making that touch and be a part of everything that we do. And that culture really is kind of married with lean tools and processes and you know how do we connect those things together? That's kind of what I help our teams do, our departments, our offices, and everyone in the company. 
That's awesome, Jen. Thank you for being willing to jump on the podcast with us. We'd love to get to know about you and your story. If we could, if you don't mind, let's backtrack and let's talk about your story. What was it like? Did you just come, you know, out of college one day and say, I'm going to go into construction? What was your path? How'd you get there? Oh, no. It's like a roller coaster loop de loop. It's like, like most people. Great, it is Sounds great. about right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It absolutely was not where I got where I'm at today is where I'm supposed to be. It's my purpose, but it absolutely was not where I started. So I uh, in college played uh, basketball in college and got a degree in operations management. Okay, so cool. maybe I started somewhere and I thought maybe I knew what I was doing and then <laughs> left there and um, went and did, um, it, it's kind of crazy. I did photography a little bit. I went and did, I worked for an IT consulting firm and then roundabout did some coaching and got me into a coaching and teaching position. Cool. And so that position, wow. so I did high school uh, basketball I coached, I coached volleyball, basketball, track. I also uh, taught English. I did technology. I, I mean, I did, I kind of did a little, a little bit, bit of everything. High school. <laughs> and so then decided, again, I don't know. I mean, I grew up with a dad that was a teacher. So I've been in, you know, I kind of know what that is and what that looks like. Um, lots of grading papers and things like that. So, but I also realized after four or five years that I kind of, I, there was no way that I was going to be able to sustain in that in that position because I am always looking for what's next, what's next, what's next. And when you're when you're in that, you know, you, there's kind of like there's standards and there's, you know, and so sometimes it was for me, I just felt very um, stifled. And so I left teaching and had no idea what I was going to do. And so, but I knew there was something out there. And um, as I was looking and kind of doing some, some part-time temporary stuff, uh, Robbins and Morton was looking for someone to help them open their Dallas office. So they didn't have an office here and they were open in one and I applied and for some reason they took a chance on me and I, um, I got hired actually in September will be 18 years ago. And wow. so started with them and wore a, a lot of different hats, um, helped with the office, helped, you know, the executive helped with BD, helped with marketing, helped with pre-construction, supported operations, kind of, a, you know, one of those people that had their hands in a lot of different things. And then eventually focused more on the marketing BD part. And um, that helped me because it helped me with communication. It helped me kind of meet people, connect people. Um, but also I got to go to our job sites and I got to see the things we were putting in place. And I think that's where the, the fire in me kind of started a little bit, though the spark of just going and seeing the things that were happening on site. Mm -hmm. And um, and then during that time, we started the building forward um, kind of our approach. And with that, I started seeing things that we were doing and how we were making things better and how we were approaching it differently and how our teams were doing things differently. And they were finding better ways to do things than maybe traditional construction. And I think through that, um, a role was created that uh, was going to help support kind of all of our projects and stuff. And that somehow they gave that to me. <laughs> That's crazy. So you, yeah, it seems like you've done literally a little bit of everything. So did let me get this straight. So Robin, you pretty much just applied for a job you, that you've never been in construction before. I so you're like, know. I'm just going to go and jump into Robbins and Morton. And they no, hired you to open no their construction Dallas background. office. That's no, awesome. that no is, construction. That is awesome. What a crazy story. You don't hear that a lot. No. And so, so you jumped into a construction company with zero experience, helped open up an office. And then sounds like, did, again, did a little bit of everything, business development, marketing, and then got into lean construction. 
So what it like, I don't even know where to go with this, to be honest. There's so many different routes that we could take down this road. But I, one question is, what was it like just having a huge learning curve like you did of just, for one, essentially starting a whole new, pretty much new company within an area, even though it is an existing company, you know, but you're starting a brand new area and having to learn about the construction process at the same time and then help lead different people. I mean, what was that like? Well, it was a lot, but I think the the way I'm wired is when I'm learning, mm-hmm. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. When I'm learning and yeah. I'm growing, I feel like that that whatever whatever I'm meant to be, I'm moving towards that direction. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I know those those focal points change sometimes, but I know that as I was learning when I came in with no knowledge, it was like a it was like a playground for me. It was like a sandbox because cool. I was getting to learn and watch and see everything going on. I was, I was the, I was the question girl for sure. Everyone, mm-hmm. anytime that I come around, I was asking them a thousand questions and they, you know, and, and they were, again, my company and the people that I worked for and the people that I interacted with on site in my office, you know, just our executives at every level. It was, I mean, so much respect and so much just taking the time to, you know, me asking just the very basic things that a lot of people in our industry already knew because, you know, they went to school for it and things like that. Right. So a lot of patience, but I think the more that I was asking questions and I was learning, and then I was able to go, well, why, why not this? Or what about this? And sometimes they would go, oh my gosh, no, you know, you, just because of this, we have to do this. And I'm like, oh, okay. And right. then sometimes they were like, well, I don't know. We didn't think about that. So it was kind of cool to see some of the dynamic of someone coming in, not having those pre- kind of predisposed ideas and mm-hmm. thoughts because that's that's what I was taught mm-hmm. that I was able to kind of come in with a different um approach kind of a fresh approach yeah perspective happy. yeah and sometimes it didn't make any sense and they're like no and I'm like okay but then sometimes it would just at least got them thinking about something differently so it was just kind of cool to watch some of those conversations and every time they knew no matter what anytime I was in a room and like, and we were having a discussion, they were like, Jen, Jennifer, what do you have to say? Because <laughs> I always wanted, I always had something, either a question or a comment or something like that. I love that. You know, Jennifer, one of the most common things most of the guests have said, we always ask a question similar to, you know, what are some traits a young person should have coming into construction? And one of the common themes was, you know what? I really wish young people or people coming in, it could be new or it could just be young, wish they had a ferocious appetite to learn. Like, cause if you, like you did, you're, you know, living proof of you were able and wanting to learn and you've made a name for yourself for 18 years. And guess what? I didn't know anything about construction. And to me, that's just absolutely mind blowing. I love to hear your story. And I love that, love that you shared that with us because that just shows back to, we, we talk about a lot how, you know, you don't have to have a college degree to get into construction and you don't have to just be like, I don't know. You don't just have to be this made person that you think that to be anything in construction, you can literally start out as a laborer sweeping, whatever, a concrete slab and end up one day being a regional superintendent of a company. If you believe in yourself, if if you go and try in construction. So I love that. And shifting just really quickly, we talked about lean, but we haven't really talked about what exactly lean is on our podcast. So I know this is a big, big, big question, but what is lean construction? Okay, so when people talk about lean, different people have ideas. So the way that I communicate and the way I talk about it to our people and even sometimes outside of our company is really three things. Is number one, it's focusing on elimination of waste. So where in our industry are things happening just because we've always done it that way and we're just going to keep doing it that way, but there's probably a better way. 
And if we would, if we would maybe improve that process, we could eliminate some waste. The other one is where are we adding value? So sometimes we do things and we, um, you know, we do it because again, we've always done it that way, but is it adding value? Is it giving the, the, the customer value? And if it's not, then do we need to be doing it? And the other is that we are improving our um, efficiency. So when we're doing things, are we looking at, okay, this works and it worked really well, but can we do better? And so for me, those are the three things. Now, everything, most everything else I talk about, Lean, hits one of those things. Now, it's usually not all of them, but usually when, you, when I talk about lean construction, elimination of waste is a default. Everyone will say if you're out there doing that. But um, for me, in, inside Robbins and Morton, I focus on what are we doing to continually improve? That's one of our tenants for building forward. And that kind of touches all of them. Because if we're always looking to be better, if we're always looking to learn and grow and, you know, and do something better than we did yesterday, then to me, that is kind of that, that encompasses everything that lean represents. I love that. And that's one of the things I love about Lean's continuous improvement. You know, my personality and Walker's like this too, just we want to learn whatever it is. We may not know it and I'll admit it. I don't know, but come on, come show me how to do it. And if you just have that appetite, like you said, to want to learn in construction, especially in lean construction, like, man, this is the perfect setup for you. So talking about lean construction, I heard you mention, you know, when you were talking about your role and the, the 18 years you've been with Robbins and Morton, um, you talked about how teams, you noticed how teams were doing things differently and, you know, how you kind of went into that lean side. And that, to me, talks about improving efficiency. Tell us a little bit about what was that like? You just saw a project team one day on the job site doing something differently. If you could give us an example, that'd be awesome. So the way I got brought in is um, we had a couple of projects that within the company that had done some really good things, really cool things. And whether it was uh, their teams, whether it was the, the budget, the schedule, the quality, the safety, what there multiple things where they just all came together and they just happened to be IPD projects. So integrated project delivery projects. So it was contractually, right. You know, the team was, it was contractually obligated to do some of these things. And so different, now different effects. So there was one originally that contractually obligated to do these tools, but we were still, we were still struggling with some things um, that we were doing. And so, you know, whether it was safety and things like that. And, and so we had to, we had to figure out why we were doing the tools, like the contract said, but we were still struggling mm. and we, and it wasn't sustainable. Mm. And so we, and then we had, and then we went to another project and the culture was different. The culture, the way it wasn't just, hey, we're going to do these tools and, hey, we're going to make sure we do these lean tools. But the culture was where the focus was. And it completely changed the dynamic of everything. And so we realized that we can't go in and just push a whole lot of tools on a lot of people and tell them, if you do these tools, then you're going to be better. Because mm -hmm. most of those people that you push the tools on are people that have already had success doing it the way they've done it. Right. So if, yeah. if you're not trying to change a mindset or you're not trying to give them a reason why there's a better way to do something, then you're going to get this the whole time. You're, you're not, you're just going to get people resisting and pushing back. And so we had to stop and go, okay, let's, let's look at this. Not just on, there's all these good tools and things that you can do out there. Cause I mean, anybody can do a tool. You can do it too. I can come in the industry and you can give me a checklist and I can do a tool, but what, what, what can we put with that? that will then not only make it a win for us, but make it a win for the other team. And so we had to look at what that looks like. And for us, I think that's where Building Forward got created is those teams sat down and went, okay, what, what are those just basic foundation um, things, those elements that we need to do 
and make sure they're there before everything else, before we start talk about any of these tools and processes. And for us, it was uh, continuous improvement was obviously one of them. Uh, collaboration, you know, how do we together work? How do we work as a team together? The other one is creating a learning culture, which we already talked about. You know, how do we create that culture of learning where people are constantly looking for a better way and trying to grow um, and mature kind of just everything that they've done and make it and make it continue to move forward. And the last one is leadership development. It's how do we create those next next generation of leaders and re realizing that it doesn't mean that you have a title. It doesn't mean that you've been in the industry for 18 years. Because what's great about my role is I'm, I'm creating leaders right now within Building Forward and they're field engineers, they're project engineers, they're people that are first year in and they're out there representing on their job site. So again, it's it's those four things for us, defining those and then now being able to create that foundation of these and then add the tools and the processes on top of that. That's really cool. So going off of that and, and your role within the company, are you kind of over the lean project? I mean, are you more like a, uh, do you consult now in a, the different projects on how to do lean better? Or are you kind of get place on each project and run their lean sort of thing? Can you like, how do you, what is, what is, what now are you responsible for kind of building around this and Morton up? Are you more, are you in a more teaching role? You know, what, it, what is I feel like the main I'm area? all of those things, but mainly, okay. <laughs> but mainly is because I'm one person and we have right. uh, 54 project teams and 125 projects. So, mm. so, so mm. what I, what, what I realized early, what I realized early is that even if I wanted to, there's no way yeah. that I could touch, that I could physically touch all, all of everything that we do. But on the flip side, from the top of our company, building forward is in everything we do, every department, every office and every project. So I, we had to figure out how are we going to make this work and how are we going to do it organically? Because if we created a mandate, we created a policy, we created a checklist and said, here's what you need to do, 99% of them could probably do it. But were they going to be getting better? Were they going to be learning? Were they going to be trying to right. find ways for us to improve? There, there's just no way that was going to happen. So we, So over the last two and a half years that I've been in this role, we've been able to create um, a structure to support that. And what that looks like is um, we started out kind of having champions, you know, in the company that if, if somebody needed help, I was able to uh, kind of connect them to people and help them. And we just didn't have enough people. We just didn't have enough champions that could help on specific tools and specific processes. So what we did is I went and we've now established a resource teams is what we call them. So each of our resource teams, there are 15 of them, have a resource leader. And that leader is like a champion that really, you know, knows that knows it. We'll use, um, let me think, we'll use gimbal walks for an example. So we have a group that has a leader and, and for the gimbal walks team. And that leader then has a team that they've recruited, that they've worked on. What a what are gimbal walks? How do we teach them? How do we support them? How do we provide, you know, you know, if our if our teams or projects want some information, what A3s do we give them? Do we have videos? Do we have PowerPoints? Do we have kind of some learning that we can give them to help them, you know, understand it? And then do we have videos that we can show them? Do Are we able to come and help them walk through what that process looks like? So over the last two and a half years, we've created resource teams that now are very tool specific. And then on top of that, we also have a culture and a team health team that focuses on culture and environment and behaviors. So if you're trying to help with that, that team health piece, 
you can go to that team. So there's a there's teams that focus only on their tools. So now if someone's struggling with something, I don't have to run and get on a plane and, and fly all over the place. I gotcha. can now connect them to that resource team. Um, and so my role right now really is a lot more tied to early in the projects when we're kicking off and we are trying to create that alignment internally so that each, mm-hmm. each of our teams before they before we ever go on site and get the designer and the owner and the trades involved we have internal meetings internal alignment meetings where they talk through okay what tools do we want to use what do we think we we can commit to and a lot of that's based on what experience does the team have you know maybe what you know what capacity do they have you know, sometimes the budget, sometimes the scope of the project, things like that. So they sit down and we talk through what does that look like? And then they kind of, they start making decisions on what they can do. And then they go in and they they engage the, the owner and the designer and they say, hey, here's our plan. And then they, you know, start talking about conditions of satisfaction and what is it going to take for this job to, to be successful? And then they go and they get their trades onboarded and they start talking through. So like there's a very specific process that right. usually I'm engaged early because a lot of times, even our, with our teams um, that have a little bit of experience, I think that they... Um, they sometimes need a little bit of help up front because they're like, okay, we don't know where to start. So I usually just help them, help them with that and then help connect them with the resource team. Okay. So that's I, what I got from that essentially is me and Davis, you know, we've talked a lot about this before. Uh, and I've kind of started doing a lot of research and development. I've learned that a lot of these companies really successful companies, people like Robin Morton created systems. So essentially basically what you're doing is like you help create this system that each project team can therefore now they know like this is the steps that we have to follow in order to get to X, Y, Z, especially within the lean construction. And you're kind of the, uh, you're kind of the director of the overall system, essentially. Is. is that what, is that pretty much what it is? The leader. Yes. We'll go with yeah. the leader. Of that. Leader. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, it, it's crazy. Cause I, I keep on hearing this over and over again. It's just like every company has to have systems in place. Otherwise they're going to fail. And so I think that's interesting that even without saying it directly, that's pretty much what y'all did is that everyone knows the job they're doing and they know the exact steps that they have to do in order to get to that point. Yes. Has, so going off of that, has Robin, Robbins and Morton started implementing lean on every construction project or are they kind of slowly doing it as the years go on and trying to get it to just a complete lean company? So we've been doing billing for it for six years. Okay. We've been doing that across the board. I got put in a full-time role two and a half years ago, a little over two and a half years ago. So before there was a person, we kind of had a core team that kind of helped create strategy and direction. And so we're six years in. So when I took over, um, one of our role, one of our goals when I took over, the year I took over. So I I got I got put in my position in about April. And one of the goals that year was to have some every project doing some part of building forward so at the end of that year at the end of that year they you know we had to report out you know we had to just you know say are you doing you know how how are we doing jennifer and i said i have no idea and they said what do you mean i said we don't measure anything i have no idea if if, if we're doing building forward on all our projects and so that at that point is when i realized we had to create a structure we had to create a measuring system to be able to track what we're doing. And it, it didn't mean all of a sudden I went, okay, across the board, all of you have to do this, 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 and this. It right. was every one of you have to do an alignment meeting and sit down up front and decide what you're going to do. And then when you create that 
that baseline for your project, I'm now going to hold you accountable to what you committed to. And so that is 100% of our projects right now. You know, if I think from the field side, I'm an assistant field manager. That's my title. So basically, I'm a foreman. But anyway, I'm in the field. And so how I look at it is, okay, if I see this veteran that's been working in the field, he didn't go to, he didn't go to college. And if I go try to teach him something new, A, there's an age thing that he's automatically thinking, okay, what is this young buck trying to teach me? And then second, you know, like you said, he is so good at his craft and his technical skills. Why do I want to listen to this guy? So talking about lean and what Robbins and Morton did, I loved how you talked about how it was a slow implementation instead of just like, you got to do it because just anybody it doesn't even have to be that one guy in the field. That's the veteran. It can be someone that doesn't know what you're talking about. And like, why do I want to learn this new system? Why is it going to help me? And so I love how you turn that on and coach that and how that's working now, six years later, but going into, I'm interested about the side that you do is how does the whole implementing it work? So Talk about maybe a time you go to a job site. Do you go teach just like the foundations of lean? Is there a certain workshop about last planner? Tell me about what it's like when you go to a job site and you're working on implementing lean. Okay. So when we start out, when we kick off every project, we do an alignment meeting. And in that alignment meeting is where we talk through the tools. We talk through all the things that we have. In that alignment meeting is the executive. In that alignment meeting is all of our leaders that have to do with that project and every person that is gonna work on that project. So where, where, you, where you went on, yeah, but what if I'm a young buck trying to tell somebody, there's not, there may, be, there may be somebody that's younger that is in a role to help be the point of contact there when it comes to our lean tools and to help be my point of, of communication, but it is not one person that's responsible for it. It's that entire team and, and our leaders are there to help let them know, hey, we support you, you know, and, and we're going to do this together. So there's that piece. And then the other one is, is when they do decide whether it's last planner, whether it's um, our quality at the source program, whether, you know, it's anything like that. I, I can I can be there if they want me. Sometimes they'll ask. But we also have a lot of other people. We have jobs in Florida and we have jobs in Charlotte. And we have jobs in Texas. So we have jobs all over and we have people that are very successful doing it on their projects. So what we found is, again, I can fly somewhere and I can help facilitate those things. And sometimes I do more facilitation, but I also, it's so much easier if you're somebody that is trying to learn it and there's someone in the same position you're in that can show you how they're doing it. And so tapping into some of those and, and being able to have them come in. And I, I usually have a lot of people that are, are very generous with their time and they they travel with me or they'll come with me and they're kind of the, the point person to help connect them because again much respect across the company and everyone will listen and they will do those things but when you're trying to learn something new and there's a peer or somebody that you've worked with or somebody that you know is doing the same job you're doing sometimes it's a lot easier for maybe how they communicate it or how they how you know you kind of see what they're doing and you can ask questions and stuff like that so easy very easy. I can go in and I can help some of our teams. A lot of times pool planning is usually where I can come in because that's not something that all of our projects do, even though some of them, you know, are, we're getting there slowly. We get more people that are doing more of that planning early, you know, but that's something that the ones that, that they've not done a lot of it is when they want me to come in because it's a lot easier for me to come in and facilitate a conditions of satisfaction discussion in a room because I'm a neutral person 
versus being a person that's on site and they know that they're going to get some pushback or they're going to get somebody that um, may not be as receptive. But when I'm a neutral party, it helps sometimes. So there's times where they'll, they'll all come in for that. But there's just as many times where we'll pull somebody from a job that's around that that they're around where they're working or somebody in their region and pull them over and have them spend a couple of days with them. Or even usually we have them go to their job and let them watch the interaction, watch the, the culture, watch the behaviors of the people at the stand-up meeting, watch the behaviors of the people you know, on site and, and how that happens. And a lot of times that helps at least them start realizing, okay, here's some of the things that I can start doing. I love that. And one of the things I think when I hear lean, um, I think about Patrick Leonosi, and he talked about the speed of a project lands on trust. And so the more you trust on, the more that you can trust people and you're able to uh, have a team, you're, you're going to move the project along quicker. So you hear about all these different types of things that if you implement lean, you know, you'll get a result of, of you know, we saved $10 million on this project or, you know, wow, we, we finished six months ahead of time. But really what it boiled down to is we found people that just went crazy about each other, went crazy about this project team, went crazy about the owner, and they wanted to trust each other and really come together as a team. And for me, I don't know about you, Walker, but I'm all about a team. That's all I could care less if I'm going to get any of the, the credit. I want to figure out how can I go help this team out. And so continuing to talk about lean here, um, one of the other things that I heard about whenever you and Jesse were on y'all's podcast um, was, you know, you learn more when you talk less. And one of those things that Walker and I commonly mention on here is we listen, we learn, and we lead with questions. And talk a little bit about that, because I know for me, again, being that 24-year-old, I'm just graduating college, and man, I'm, I'm so excited, I'm fired up, I'm ready to get into construction, but man, I don't really have a lot of that experience. It, it does, it, it, how do you say it? It helps me more to want to listen and learn from people and have that open attitude. So just talk about that a little bit. I think it's a cycle. I think it's, if you look at it as a cycle and not, I have to listen and as, and then I'm going to learn and then I can go and be the leader. But if you look at it more cyclical, I'm going to listen. And then there's something in that conversation that I'm going to learn. And then I'm going to go take a moment and I'm going to take that and I'm going to go lead something. Or I'm going to go and use that in a moment with an interaction, with a person, with a like roadblock. And then, okay, then, okay, what, what did I take from that conversation? What did I take from that interaction? You know what? I probably learned something again based on something that happened there. And then what am I going to do now and take that and implement that or use that in something else? So again, I feel like it's always, I mean, it's just, it's a constant cycle because every time you do something, you're going to be able to give something to that, but you're also going to be take, taking something from it. And then I think that then will go to the next interaction you have. And it, and I, it, and I want to go back to what you said about the trust. Cause I, I think when we focus on the trust and we focus on creating those win-win scenarios that it, it's great when you, when yeah. with your budget and your schedule and your quality and your safety and customer satisfaction, those are all important. And we cannot, we cannot discount any of it, but if you're creating relationships and you're creating the culture of people that want to work with you in the industry that we're in right now, where we have, I think I've heard over a million unfulfilled construction jobs. We need people that want to come back and work for us and work with us on the next job. And honestly, we have to help them 
not, we have to help them with the mindset that we want them to come work for us. But you know what, even if they don't, they're better with whoever they're working with. And if we can look at it that way, it, it just, it changes the dynamic of why you do things. Mm -hmm. It's a, I mean, what I got from it is found, it's a foundation of respect for people. Yeah. We want to continuously improve, but at the heart of it, it's if, if I can't get this guy as a field leader, as a general contractor, if I can't get this trade partner to go home safely and holy and not have to take this with him, then what the heck are we doing this for? Right. Absolutely. So Jennifer, what what is your ultimate goal with 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 lean, you know, kind of with this whole situation? What do you want to see the construction industry progress to in the next five, 10, 20 years? So my goal right now is again, there's a couple of things that I really focus on and I hope it gets us there. My goal is to have a better construction industry. And to mm-hmm. do that, we have to realize that there are a lot of processes. There's technology. There are a lot of different um, tools. There are a lot of things that that have to do with construction. Every single one of them can be done without people. So everything, the the people are the focus, whether it's at the GC level, the design level, the trade level, it it, it really doesn't doesn't even matter. At every level, it's about the people. And And when we think about traditional construction and we think about the history of construction, it's never, the focus has never been about the people. It's been about that, wow. you know, that, that end date, that, mm-hmm. you know, making sure you hit really the budget, good. making sure you have a schedule on the board and you're hitting that number, making sure that, hey, by the end, I mean, everything has been about those things. And that's the focus of every conversation. And my goal is, and I, and I try to do it myself and, and, and then people see it and, they, and then they start mimicking some of those, those conversations and those, you know, and the interactions with people is we've got to, it's human nature. And I said this on, I think I said this with Jesse too. It's human nature. We want to matter. People Mm. just want to matter. And if we interact with them, like they matter, Mm. then they're going to, they're, they're going to, then what they do is going to matter. Right. And they're going to work harder or they're going to want to want to want the guy next to them to, you know, they want them to go home just as much as they want to go home. And they want, you know, them to not, they want them to make money just like, you know, they want to make money. And when we, when our industry is at a point where that's the norm, where it's just, yeah. we all, we care because everyone matters and we want everyone to be successful and we want everyone to be able to, be able to feel good about what they do. Right. Jennifer, I don't know about your faith, but for Walker and I, we're followers of Christ and just having, mm-hmm. think of that, I think, so, I think of Jesus of, man, everyone mm-hmm. matters. And I've watched this show. I don't know if you heard of it. It's called The Chosen, but it, sh- it gives you, it depicts the life of Christ and it just shows how compassionate Jesus is and it makes me think of that. Think about, man, it's just about the people and it doesn't really matter about me, but I'm going to do the best for every person here. And so just kind of transitioning here. I love that point, but I wanted to talk about uh, the field a little bit more. Going back to the podcast with Jesse, um, I heard you talk about, you know, traditionally there's always, you know, one voice and that's usually the superintendent. Instead of that being just one voice, let's talk about, you know, the IPD where everyone has a voice and it's, you know, the trade partners are an equal playing field as a general contractor. I've never personally been on an IPD project and I have no clue what is it like. What is it like? I know that there's some contract requirements you have, but what is it like being on an IPD project? Well, I, I'm going to say two things. One, we don't do a lot of IPD. 
And so it, I, I want to be clear that it doesn't have to be IPD to be lean. And we almost go the, go so far the other direction is that you absolutely do not have to have the IPD. Now it helps. It always helps when there's when when you have an IPD project. It's a it's a it's an agreement where everyone that's on the job has skin in the game. Right. So we we can make a profit, but we can also lose money. And it's across the board. We all have skin in the game. So when we're about to make an extension or we're about to make a decision, you know, everybody is it going to it's going to be money out of my pocket or it's going to help us get to the finish line faster. So then we'll make money. So it's it's all of us are in this together. And it, and that's why with IPD, it's it's a contractually, you know, we all have equal parts in the losses and the wins. So there's that. But I think the the bigger piece when you think about, you know, why why is it important? I, I think it's because because you all realize you're all on the same team. And I think contractually it's great, but right. even if you don't have the contract, which again, most of our most of our jobs don't, it doesn't mean you can't create the culture and the environment and the behaviors around the same thing. But you almost have to work harder because there's not you have to help help create the trust, which is what you said earlier. If you start establishing that trust and they believe that you're there and you want them to succeed and you create that and the behaviors and the environment start fostering that, then you're going to get the same results without the, without the contract. Yeah. I find that. that Sorry, Walker. I find that to be true because, you know, I've kind of just come in and just said, you know, I don't really know as much as you guys do, but I hope that y'all trust me as much as I trust y'all. Here, here it is. If you, if y'all want to take it, run with it. And I'm just gonna let y'all lead, and I'll be the one learning from y'all. And you'd be amazed about the the we call them subs, but the trade partners have just been like, wow, really? You don't care? Like, yeah, come on, let's go. I, let let me learn from you. So that that's the approach I took. Well, and you and, and it's interesting you said that because we've even seen when you start engaging them, you start asking them. You start asking them questions. You want their feedback. They're, they're, they're the same way. Really? You you, yeah. you want to know what I have to say? And it's it's because they're coming from a place to where you know it's like I'm not saying they're beaten down, but like they you know they're just the respect and that you know and the getting information from them. It's more hey, this is what you need to do. It's the push, push, push instead of hey, how can we do this together? How can we make this the best it can be? That's really cool, and I think a lot of people, a lot of construction projects, uh, construction companies, Davis and I know a couple of different ones. You know that will come to mind. Just don't put enough focus on the people aspect or on the trade partners aspect of it. You know, it's kind of like profit uh, jobs first, and then the subcontractors last. And what I've noticed, uh, just by looking from outside or you know outside in perspective on a lot of different companies is that they don't have the same coach subcontractors that want to come work for them ever again you know and they'll they'll do one job with them and then that's it they're done and that's not and i know robinson morton does a really good job about that i mean y'all have subcontractors trade partners that follow you all over the country you know to all kinds of different jobs and that speaks so highly of the general contractor itself that they can have different subs that will no matter where they are that they will come there and do that project i mean that's great that you know that you treat people right when that is the case and you know right and it's if you don't then your company is going to just dwindle it it, you might be able to stay there as a company for a time but you're never going to get to that next level because you don't have the people behind you backing it 
Jennifer, we talked a lot about learning, you know, continually learning. I'm just curious, what is what are the ways that you continually learn? I absolutely soak up everything that I can from anybody that I touch, anybody that I interact with. And so for me, it's people. And it's not mm-hmm. that I can't go to a conference because I know there's conferences where I get to watch and listen and learn and I get nuggets here and there. But for right. me, it's 100 percent the people that I interact with. Now, internally, we have some amazing lean leaders in our company that are in different positions and I can go and I can learn from them and I can get some of the things they're doing, whether they're on the job site and they're leading teams or they're in pre-construction, you know, or they, I mean, or in the office or, you know, just across the board, there's a lot of people that I can kind of watch what they're doing and see what's working and then ask them questions about it. But for me, I found that space outside of Robbins and Morton with people that are my peers, people that are in positions that whether they came up in the construction industry and they were project managers or they were superintendents and now they're in a lean position. And, you know, being able to talk about me being in a lean position, but also, you know, asking questions about things, but also what does that structure look like? What does the growth look like? How do you support that? You know, a lot of the things that there's not a book out there, there's not a handbook, there's not a roadmap, you know, and so I've kind of had to create my own roadmap and create my own playbook and pull in pieces and parts of, because I've realized it's one size fits none. It's there. It doesn't matter whether it's Brassfield, whether it's Robbins Morton, whether it's Lynn Beck, J.E. Dunn, Skiles, McCarthy. It does, none of those things matter because what Turner's doing is a different structure than what another group's doing, than what we're doing. And, and we're continually evolving and changing things as we go. So what works on one project is not the same as this project. But even within the companies, if I if I put everything Robbins and Morton is doing and I put it out there and said, here's the keys to the kingdom, it, it wouldn't be because it probably is working for Robbins and Morton because of who Robbins and Morton is and what we're doing. But if I said, Hey, here's the, here's the answer. Here's the, you know, here's what, here's what you need. Here you go. If, if everything's not in place, then it, then it wouldn't matter anyway. And so I, I've just realized that organically us creating it the way we did, it is, it's created the buy-in, you know, throughout the company, but it's been, right. from the, it's been, it's coming up organically, but it's also full leadership support. I love that. And Jen, when you talk about leadership development, I, I noticed that you said collaboration, continuous improvement, leadership development. I, I'm huge on that. And my aunt is uh, uh, owns a leadership or she's partial owner of a leadership company, Decatur. And, you know, I think back to whenever I started in construction in college, you know, her talking about leadership development, I was just like, well, you know, what is that? Like, I, there's nothing that a leadership development can do to help. Like, what is that? And like, you know, she just took one thing that summer, whenever I lived with them on my internship, she just taught me about personalities. She probably knew, knowing me that I just love to learn that once you learn that you're going to just want to continue on this track. But I've gone from, from in 2018, to learning personalities is just like full time wanting to know about leadership development. And so you know, Walker kind of asked that, what are you doing? Is there anything in particular that you would say that you do to whenever, you know, you talked about you're investing in leaders and helping them go to the next step? What is that like? Because John Maxwell talks about leadership. You know, it all goes down to influence and influence is just having great relationships back to that trust. What is it like getting to speak into these people's lives? And is there someone that that helped you to get where you were to be the leader you are today? Oh, that's a loaded question. So a couple of a couple of things, what I'm able to do, I feel like 
in my role, there's a, there's a lot of things, you know, culture is a, is a huge piece of everything I do, but I truly believe, and I, I love that you, you brought up, you know, just your faith and things like that. Because for me, if I can come genuine and real to every interaction, I mm. smile a lot. Sometimes people, sometimes that helps. It breaks the ice, but sometimes they don't really know what to do with me. But when <laughs> I can come and I can be real and I can be genuine and they know it doesn't matter who I'm talking to, it doesn't matter what level, at, you know, to our executive leader level, all the way down to, you know, going and meeting our trade partners, I'm the same person. It doesn't, right. it, there's no, there's no difference in, in the way, you know, I interact with people, the way I care about people, because, mm-hmm. because that's important to me because they're important to me. And, and I, 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 I realize you, you can't, you can't fake that. You can try and you can think that you've done it, yeah. but yeah. people, people can see it and they can feel it. And, you know, and when you learn their names or when you ask them something personal or you learn something about them and you remember it the next time and, you know, you, you send them a thank you or you, I mean, there's, there's such little things to, to mm-hmm. help them understand that, that, that the interaction did matter mm-hmm. and, um, and, and what was happening there. So there's that. So I, real and genuine in every interaction I, I, I go to, I don't, right. I can't, I can't show up and, and not, and not be me. And sometimes get in trouble. Sometimes I'm a little too honest, a little too transparent, but uh, it's okay. Not, not often, but that's okay. There's worse things. Yes. Right. I mean, like, right. But it's, um, but I've realized you don't have to remember what you say when you're, when you're honest and you're transparent because nobody's right. going to catch you in a lie. So I, right. that, that's my philosophy. You just live your life. You just live your life. One yes. thing I've noticed, one, one thing I've noticed over the past, honestly, over the past few months, it hasn't even been years, but I've, I've talked about this before on the show. You know, I've been getting to be around a lot of people who are maybe 30, 40 years my senior, you know, and people who have lived life a lot longer than I have. And the one thing I've realized is that everyone struggles with the same thing. Everyone feels the exact same way. And it really doesn't matter how old you are. But at like literally everyone has the exact same feelings, problems, struggles in life. And so like you, I used to think that, man, going in here uh, to a, a a job site or to a company or whatever, that these guys got it figured out. You know, they don't have anything going on. They're not, they're not insecure. They don't walk away from the conversation saying, man, I wish I said that differently, man. I shouldn't have talked as long as I did. You know, like I feel like I say when I walk away from conversations, but the thing is they feel exactly the way too. And so I love the fact that you just say, I'm going to come in, I'm going to be me. Because, I, you know, you mentioned people don't know what to do with it all the time. But I think it's because people are so used to people not doing that all the time. Okay. Is that when someone uh-huh. is genuine and that when someone comes in and actually wants to know about them, they actually want to talk, they actually smile and have a conversation with them. They're like, oh, I don't I don't know what to do with this because no one ever does this to me, you know, and it's, yes. it's crazy. And so it takes it takes sometimes, you know, do, being right. consistent. So the consistency right. of it is very important. And it creates, credibility. It, yeah. yes, and it creates the credibility that you're looking for. So I think for me, showing up and just being real and being me. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I think that's where I've built the relationships I have. I, you know, the people, the connections that I have that um, whether they reach out to me and they look at me for, you know, being that person, the expert, which I don't even know what that means because I'm like, what do I know? I, I mean, I'm just, I'm still learning the construction industry. I don't know what that means, but um, you know, but, but it's cool because the things that are important to me and the things that I know I can drive and I can impact. And I can, I mean, I, I love highlighting and elevating and spotlighting our people. 
And when you think about a construction company or even in the industry, there are so many things going on on projects and everywhere within a company. And so you got marketing and communications that they have things they focus on. You have safety that they have their, you know, things they focus on. And then there's a lot of things that are kind of in the middle that are an innovation or an improvement or um, a journey or, you know, some, uh, you know, just there's a lot of things that sometimes get missed. You know, mm-hmm. a team that worked really hard through uh, a, a pre-construction effort to get to work really hard to be able to get a number that, you know, really just blew it out of the park. I mean, there's so many things like that, but right. those those right. are not stories that usually get shared. Mm-hmm. And And I'm in a unique position that when I get to hear about all these things, and then I get to go spotlight. Let's just okay. highlight that. Let Love them that. just tell their story. And I and it's cool because that's kind of my role is to mm-hmm. be able to elevate people and elevate. I will say elevate a thousand times because if you are focused on elevating the people around you, it you just it doesn't even matter. You're gonna go. You're gonna be along for the ride either way. Right. If it's if it's about them and you're helping elevate them and shining the light on them, like it. it you said it. I think earlier. Um, Davis, but it, it's, it's, it's never about me, but somehow I end up being a part of it right. somehow because it's just always focusing on how do we elevate, mm-hmm. how do we share and highlight the amazing things that the people are doing? Because they're not even just in Robbins and Morton and they're in our industry. I mean, it's, there's so many cool things happening out there. So right. that was that answer. I know you also asked me people that have influenced me directly and I want to make sure I answer that question. So um, six years, been on this building forward journey. And early on, um, again, not a lot of lean construction knowledge. I just sat in an onboarding and we started talking about collaboration and continuous improvement and leadership and learning. And I'm like, I don't even know what this is, but I I need to be involved in it. And so that was like my get into it. So, and then several, we had several um, superintendents, Bill Stevens, Josh Young, project managers, Marshall Scott. We had, you know, Christina Holcomb, now Smith. She was, she was uh, coming up in the company. We had so many amazing, you know, Robert Gambrell was one of our executives that was leading it. And they just, I mean, they answered all my questions. They just, I mean, Ryan Van Dyke, another superintendent, a lot of superintendents within our company that took the time, listened, answered, you know, listened again, answered, answered, continued answering questions after questions and just, you know, showed me what they were doing. It was cool because they don't do it the same way, but they were doing lean and they were implementing these tools and they were creating these cultures on their projects that I was just like, this is so cool. And I think that's what, I think that's what got it. And then again, I have probably way too many outside of the, of of Robbins and Morton that I lean on every day just to, you know, what about this? Have you thought about this? Hey, we're doing this. What are you doing? Kind of thing. So there's just, they know who they are. Right. I love that because you know, the kind of back to, excuse me, kind of back to Walker's point, you know, if you're ever at the point where you think you know it all, really, you you never will. So just don't ever act like you've arrived. And going back to Walker's point, to be secure, is just, hey, everybody kind of goes through the same struggle as you. So if you're just that trusting, that compassionate, caring person, and you go live your life, and like you said, you're just genuine in how you are, then you don't really have to look over your shoulder. So We've talked about a lot of different qualities. We talked about trust. We've talked about uh, listening to people. One of the, the one of my favorite questions to ask is to ask if you go and you're getting a chance to talk to people that have never been in our industry, and you talk to people that are coming into it, you know, young like me and Walker. We just got in. What are some qualities you like to tell them that you need to have to be just be successful in this industry? Mm, there's a couple. Number one is 
You can't be scared to ask questions. Number one, automatically. You can't be scared to ask questions. It can't be, you always have to be willing to, if there's something, you're in a room, what, it doesn't matter who's in the room with you. It, it is that it is a fear of people to ask a stupid question from school. Ask right. a stupid question. Really ask a question that someone's going to go, um, you know, oh my gosh, that, you know, we already did that three years ago. It, it doesn't even matter. But right. you you 100% will never get anything if you don't ask the question. So you're going to make some assumptions. You're going to guess. You're going to maybe have an idea, but you know, you're not for sure. And, and then it does nothing. It gives you zero growth. It gives you zero opportunity to do anything if you don't ask the question. So again, I'm going to say there's no stupid questions only because if I'm asking the questions, they're not stupid. If the person listening thinks they're stupid, that's okay because I didn't know it. That's why I asked the question. That's on them. That's their problem. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so the other one is, and this is my this is my favorite, even though it's the hardest thing and it's taken me a long time. So teaching and coaching helped a lot with this. You have to be okay being uncomfortable. And so, and, 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 and there's a lot of different like caveats that. to that, but you have to be able to be willing um, and not just, okay, I'm kind of, I, I, I think I kind of know that. Let me dip my toe in the water and say, no, you just got to jump in the water because you're either going to get wet and you're going to figure it out or you're going right. to have to get up out of the water and try it again. Like you've just mm-hmm. got to be willing to get uncomfortable because normally those are the people that probably look the craziest and probably act a fool sometimes, but they're also <laughs> the people that are out there in the front and they mm-hmm. are leading and they are doing some things and someone's going, dang, why didn't I think of that? So mm-hmm. again, it's, it's, it's uncomfortable to be uncomfortable, but you have to, if, when you can find that moment where even if it's not all the time, because it, if you can just find those moments where you're like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm going to ask the question or I'm just going to, I'm going to throw this out there. Or, Hey, I'm just going to take this and I'm going to go with it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're going to fail and that's okay. Cause that's still learning. And you, right. and you realize like, even if it doesn't, you know, even if it doesn't go the way you want, it's still going to give you the opportunity to be better than where you were before you did it. That's right. It's just going that. back to being, being vulnerable. I mean, I've gotten over that fear because it's like the first time you do it, you know, you have that drilling rush and you're really shaking, you're nervous and then you just keep doing it. And then, you know, that fear slowly just goes away. And I think about times where just like speaking and asking questions was like, Oh, it was life threatening. Like, Oh my gosh, I cannot go on this podcast and go talk to to Jennifer Lacey about lean construction because I'm so nervous, but you know, you've done it 28 times now and you just kind of, I don't know. You just kind of get to You you just do it. it. So. Right. Well, once you do it the first time, then I mean, you're still going to be scared the second time, but you're not going to be as scared. Right. Go ahead. So you're good. And I was going to say, I've learned that life is just 90% mental. You know, <laughs> right. if, if you like literally most people live in that 10% of just physical, like, oh, I'm just going to go throughout my day. But if you could break through that 90% and just do things that you don't want to do, honestly, life's about doing things you don't want to do and not doing things you do want to do. And if you can just figure that out and do it, like, it's yes. so much easier. And right. when you're that, when you're that 10% or you're that, whatever it is, you're, you believe it or not, people are going to be flocking and following you, everything you do. Cause they're like, I want to be like that. Right. And it's like, you don't, even though you're like scared to death on the inside or you're like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what this, what's going to happen. You'll see more and more people want to be like you or want to be around you or want to go where you're going because they, they haven't found it or they found somebody that has something that they want to be like. And it's, yeah. it's just cool. 
Yeah. Going back to, you know, building forward and building, building with relationships. The other side of being vulnerable is the more times I've done that, I've noticed how people often are more vulnerable with me from now on. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them, they want to do that thing or they want to be more like you, but you just going back to the team of just kind of just what leans about the foundation of respect for people. It's man, I, because I took the step out, that guy is going to take a step out. That gal is going to take a step out. And now we're going to grow closer and we're going to be able to do this project together. And Hey man, I, I've got to meet two people that instead of being, you know, a, a mile wide and a foot deep, we're a foot wide and a mile deep. And I've gotten to know mm-hmm. that person so much more. Yeah. I got, I got something I do. And I, t- I was telling Jesse, maybe Jesse about, it. I can't remember who it was, but I do this at, at every alignment meeting, every new hire me, everybody that comes in the company and we talk about building forward. We do the intros and we go around and what's your name, what's your whatever, and what's the food you can't stand. And I'm going to tell you, it's so basic and it's so minor, That's awesome. but when you get a room of people, 20 or 30 people in a room and you get, and they start sharing things they don't like, and then someone else doesn't like it too. And then yeah, someone else connection. And, then, and then all of a sudden they, it's like, it's the conversations are so cool. Cause it's like seafood, but no, it's this, but no, it's oysters. But the, and then, the, and the, I mean, before we've ever even started anything, we're not even through introductions and they're already talking about, Hey, we're, we can go do this or, Hey, I'm going to take you here so you can try this. I mean, it's like, it's so cool. And it's such a minor thing, but it's, it's those connections. It's those building those connections and those relationships in a room with people that, you know, before they walked in there, they just work together. Yeah. So one of the tricks of communication is just finding common ground, right? It's like one of like communication one-on-one is find common ground with the person you're talking to. Yes. I love that. Well, Jen, we're getting close on time. I know you're busy and we want to respect your time as well, but we always ask someone uh, the same question at the end of every podcast, but it's, you know, you, you, like we talked about before, you've done it all. You've done a little bit of everything. You dipped your toe in the water and you've just gone for it. And so, with all of the knowledge and wisdom and experience that you've gained throughout your life to this point, if you could go back and keep all that information, go to your 20 year old self and tell yourself something, what would it be? You know, I, 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 I have two answers. Cause one, I'm, I would automatically, my brain go, we'll go get a dang construction degree. Cause that's <laughs> where I go. Like my brain goes there because I'm just like, Jennifer, do you realize how much more you could do? But then I, I stop. And I realized I wouldn't even be close to the person that I am right now if all I knew is construction. And so for so it's not that. So but I automatically go there because I'm just like, I just want to know more about construction. And so (laughs) I think for me, it's um I I think it I I didn't ask the questions. I I wasn't I was very uncomfortable. I was really good kind of sitting back and watching which is good. It's good to have that. Mm -hmm. But I think what I've realized over the last eh, five or six years being in a different position and doing what I'm doing, that it's so much more fun being out there trying that stuff. It's so much more fun trying those things that are unknown, untested, probably going to fail, probably going to mess something up. And I think I lived very careful. And I was, you know, I, I was very, I wanted to make sure I didn't mess up or I didn't fail. And, and I lived that way for a long time, I think just because it's human nature. But once I got in a place to where it was, a, it was safe to, 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 to maybe to mess up a little bit, 
it's just been so much more fun. And I've learned and grown so much more that if I started that earlier, I, I, I don't even know where I'd be right now. That's awesome. Jen, thank you so much for being on the show today. We have loved it, learned a ton. We slowly, me, Davis and I are learning more about lean. We'll get That's there awesome. one day. That's right. <laughs> well, hey, I'm still learning. So, so you're not, you'll probably never get there, but that's okay. There you go. That's right. Continual learning. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today. We cannot tell you how thankful we are for every single one of our listeners. And we genuinely want to know and learn about you a little bit more. So if you're interested, uh, maybe sending us a question or just saying, hey, or wanted to talk to us a little bit, please reach out to us at contact at laying-foundations.com. If you need, if you didn't hear that, didn't understand it, you can go in our show notes and just click on the link and write us an email, please. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Seriously, me and Davis get excited every single time we get an email from one of our listeners. It, it, it genuinely makes our day. But if you want to find out a little bit more about us uh, via social media, Davis is going to tell you a little bit how to do that. Yeah, thanks, Walker. Guys, like Walker said, reach out to us any way you can. We appreciate feedback, whether you like it or not. You know, it helps us grow in any way. We're welcome. We're, we're here to listen. And whenever you guys tell us, we're going to try to implement that into our strategy. But how to get in contact with us on social media. We have a LinkedIn account called the Lang Foundations Podcast. We have – uh, Walker, Walker Lots LinkedIn profile. We have Davis Hambrick LinkedIn profile. We have a TikTok page called Lang Dot Foundations. We have an Instagram page, Lang Foundations. And then, you know, that's where we're at. These are all down in the in the show notes. But guys, we just want to put this out there and however you want to get in contact with us, we're 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 imploring you, please just reach out to us. We'll respond, we'll get back to you. And we want to hear from you. That that you're the reason, one of the reasons why we're doing this. We want to hear from you. We want to hear feedback. How can we grow and how can we get better? Because like we said before, um, receiving accountability and receiving feedback is one of our core values, and that defines Walker and I at our core. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your feedback.